0: Hello and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. After a two week break, it was two games in four days for the men's first team, and there was plenty to cheer back to back wins for the first time this season. Pete Williams will be here to reflect on those wins and his career so far. And we will also hear from the host of the Schiffnell podcast ahead of this weekend's visit to Schiffnell Town. But first, let's get the thoughts of player manager Richard Duffy after the 4-1 win at home to Whitchurch Allport on Tuesday.
1: Obviously, a win's, a win's a good win, and any win at this stage of the season, when you know it's been a steady start, um, a bit bit stuttery here and there, and yeah, to round off a second a half performance, so that was was really good.
0: What was the most pleasing part of the performance? Because it felt like you were pretty much in in control from the start.
1: Not the first half, I'll say that. I was really disappointed at half-time. Give the ball away too much, give too many opportunities away for them to break in us. And you know, just had a chat at half-time to, to have more confidence and, and belief in, in our ability to, to pass the ball and people to run forward and people to get on the ball on the half-turn. And, and we showed that second half. I thought, I thought we were really good. And you know, I think the amount they put into the first half-hour, I think our energy levels in the second half was, was probably too much. That's facts about wins
0: now for the first time this season. How pleasing is that? Do you feel like that's gonna be a kind of a turning point now?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've gone away on one you know, on Saturday against um obviously the casuals and you know it that, that won't be an easy place to go. We that showed on Saturday, you know, with, with the heat it was you know, we would have taken any sort of win because it was a difficult day. Um, and then, obviously, coming back here, we, we know this place is, is going to be tough for teams to, put, you know, to come to play. Especially if we play with the intensity, we, we, you know, we, we can play at. Um, and when we do that, we, we're a proper handful.
0: I think it's a busy month, actually. I think it's every midweek and every weekend. Do you think this is a real moment now that you can kick on now? And do you think to build that momentum now going forward over the next yeah, few weeks? Yeah, I feel
1: we've got a team that that needs to play every week. You know, we, we had a little moan up last season and we played too many games of sixty-seven, but. Yeah, I feel I feel we have a we have a team that that likes to and, and needs to to be on the pitch, you know, on a, on the Tuesday. So we, we certainly won't moan about the Saturday Tuesdays, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to it and hopefully we can we can put a run together now.
0: And it's, again, you have shown the depth in the squad. Tom Allen again from the youth team and, and the reserves a real real mature performance. Every performance that he does in the first team seems to keep on um, growing and developing.
1: Yeah, he's been great, Tom, at seventeen, you know. You will not you believe it, you know, the, the maturity he has on the pitch, on the ball. Um, and he's, he's only going to get better, you know, he's, he's disappointed there coming off disappointment at half-time because he'd probably give a few balls away. But, you know, to have the confidence he has at 17 to do, you know, to, and he can get about the pitch, you know, he's a big, strong boy, he can run, can tackle, he can head. Um, so he's got everything going in his favour and, and hopefully we can, we can lead him in the right way. And um, Brian Barton is
0: obviously regional club, another local player. I guess this is a re- reason why you brought him in, we saw him today with his work rate and, and, and his goals.
1: Yeah, he's just got the knack of being in the right place and you know that's where we want him. You know He sh- should have had one Saturday, similar to the one George squared for him and, and Danny decided to clear off the line. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's the right handful, you get into him in and around the box and he knows how to use his body and, and bring people into play and, and again he's been fantastic though.
0: Now over to Shifnal Town on Saturday, what sort of game are you expecting, is it just kind of more of the same, particularly from the second half this evening?
1: Yeah, we'd like that. Obviously, you know, we, we're going away from home, probably to to one of the favourites for the league. They've had a, a really good start, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. You know, it, we, we'll we'll do some do some homework on them tomorrow and on Thursday now, ready for ready for Saturday. So um, yeah, another, another tough game, as I say, up against one of the favourites for the league. So we'll we'll see where we are.
0: That was Congleton player manager Richard Duffy speaking after the win against Whitchurch Allport. Let's get the player perspective now as we speak to midfielder Pete Williams on all things Congleton and his journey off the pitch. Pete, thanks for joining me. I'm sure you must have had a spring in your step this morning after back-to-back wins, including the win against Whitchurch last night.
2: It's a nice way to cut another three points in the bag. So, yeah, it's a nice
0: feeling. What's kind of your thoughts on the season so far?
2: I suppose I'd like a few more points on the board. I mean, we've lost two already, which isn't great. Like we just said off air then, I think uh, a few of the lads are coming back from holidays and injuries and whatnot. So more of a squad that we had pre-season, it's starting to look like how we played in pre-season. So, yeah, I think we start picking up a few wins now and the momentum will keep going now, I think.
0: And how have you found kind of playing in a new league? Obviously, football's football at the end of the day. There's 11 players against 11 players with the aim of getting the ball in the back of the net. Have you found that it's different playing in, in this league compared to the Northwest Counties league? I mean, I've played in this league before.
2: Believe it or not, the one we've just come out of, I hadn't played in that one. The one we've just come out on, I think the teams are a, the worst teams in the league, can beat the best teams in the league. And I think in the league we're in now, the bottom four teams aren't as strong as the, the rest of the group. So I think there's a lot more upsets in the league we've just
0: come out of. You mentioned there about the fact you've already played in this league, which I think was with Hinckley. Before we talk about your time with the Bears so far, would you mind giving us an overview of your career before Congleton? Because you've played for a number of clubs around the local area.
2: Yeah, so I hadn't hadn't really played at a decent level, really, until I joined Hinckley. really, because I was in the army. I was posted down south, so I didn't really come back on weekends to, to sign for anybody around here, so I played for... Teams down south, really, yeah. And then when I got posted locally up north, that's when I started playing a bit more, better level as such.
0: A lot of people may not know that you were in the army. Is that something you'd be happy to discuss and and your role within it?
2: Yeah, so I I was in the army for seven years. I joined when I was eighteen. I was in the the Royal Artillery. We did like drones as such. The way I explain it to people is if you've ever played Call of Duty, uh, you get a UAV. Uh, we would chuck the UAVs up and had like a camera on the little aeroplane and that would scan the floor for the soldiers that were walking around as such. I went to Afghanistan in 2015. Uh, Eric 20 was the last the last Eric we did. I went out there and did uh, five months out there. It wasn't like the others, i will say that. I mean, we didn't really, I didn't really do much, I suppose. We were in camp bashing for quite a lot of it. We went on one op, I, t- I told the lads the story, my first time out there, you have to build the, the aeroplane as such and then you have to run and chuck it up in the sky and my first time out there, there was loads of kids watching me and I was I was scared because it was my first time out there, I got my weapon and everything with me and I start for running and I kick a brick and fall over, so that was the only time I got the aeroplane
0: up, believe it or not. And when you were kind of growing up, was the army something you always kind of set on going into
2: no, I, I, uh, I have done any job, but a few people say if you're good at football, that's all you'll ever do is play football. So I sort of listened to that advice, joined, and believe it or not, I've played football for 90% of my time in the
0: Army, so I can't, I can't knock it. You did represent the Army football team. Well, what what, was that experience like? Because you and the, your team that you were part of went to, to have a lot of success as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I represented the. Uh, all levels in the army. So there's like your regiment, then your court, then the army itself. It's called tri-services, so all three services together. Been some great places. Been to South Africa, America, Cyprus, Germany, Belgium, France, all playing football. So it was, uh, and then believe it or not, most of the lads there, either ex-professionals themselves, or play at a good level themselves, step three, step four. So it was always good, good competition.
0: Focusing on kind of the military side, obviously you've mentioned the football side of the military and the and the army that you were that you were part of. Do you think being in the army helped you with your football career? Are there kind of elements that kind of cross over into football? I mean, I've
2: played through injuries and I'll, I'll play through anything. I'll always try to play football. And then the people that were in the army, some of the coaches were. I mean, one of the coaches, I think he's a, he was a, a coaching staff for India. They've, they've got good coaches. I mean, one of them's been Bamba Bridges' manager. He's at Fleetwood, and then the other ones have had one's been at Stoke and stuff like that. So they've always had good good managers, coaches, and whatnot. And I learned a lot from that, to be honest, from the them kind of people. I learned so much about the game, playing with the players I played with, them, the the coaches there. I learned a lot. So my football intelligence was a lot better when I left the army than it was when I joined the army.
0: So were you a little bit later then go going into non league football?
2: Yeah, like you say. I mean I did play non league football but it was down south for a team called Petersfield. I think they're step 4 now I believe it or not I think they got a couple of promotions but um it was just it was just like cuz I never came home so I'd just play down there on the Saturday and then I'd stay down there for like you say until I had two week block leave and then I'd come up here and just play for a local side round here. If they had a week off, two week off, I'd just find someone that would want want me play for two weeks, and that was that. I mean, that's why I've probably signed for so many teams, just because if I haven't got a game, I'll try find a game somewhere
0: else. Then what was it that kind of attracted you to join Congleton?
2: Mickey Morton was with the first the first year at Duffs when Duffs took over, um, and he asked me to come along. And then I think I like Duffs as a manager, and I think he likes me as a person and a player. So I think we've just clicked ever since, and I, I don't think. I don't think I'd go anywhere else with him. With him in charge now, I don't think. That's how much I rate Duff
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't go anywhere else. I think. What is it about Duffy that you think makes him such a good manager? Because obviously, it's not just about the tactics on the pitch, but I guess it's that being kind of a valued as a player and getting the most out of you.
2: It's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, but he's, for me, he's got everything. Like on on Saturday, he had a few words with a few players whilst the game was going on, and then. Last night he's come in the change rooms and said, "Listen, I probably shouldn't have said what I said at the time, but uh, his man management skills, seconds and on, the stuff he knows about the games, seconds and on, how he plays the game when he does play, I I, I haven't seen a player as, as good as him. at his age, his brain, football brain is is scary. I, I always want to be better every game, and he was a defender, but he's played at the best level." There is internationally wise, so he, he, if he can help you in to be a better player, then he will hundred percent.
0: What have you enjoyed the most about your time at Congleton so far?
2: Probably last season. We had we had a good season last year, winning two cups, final, semi-final, the Vars. Everything that we achieved last year was probably won't reach again in terms of trophies and whatnot.
0: Last season, what was it was such a successful season, so many amazing games to kind of watch as a, as a fan. As a player, what were some of your most memorable moments from last season?
2: Seems that long ago. I'd probably say the, the Ultingham game, beating them on penalties. They played a, a very strong team that night. We deserved win in the 90 minutes, to be honest. So winning on penalties there was a, it was a nice feeling. Uh, beating Barry on penalties and the VARs, and yeah, I suppose I'd say them two games really.
0: And the penalty shootouts, obviously, a key thing for Congleton last season. You scored a penalty against Altrincham o- 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 and in the Macron Cup final. If my memory serves me right, I think you took the first penalty both times. How nerve wracking is that? Well, it was it was nerve wracking
2: because I missed the penalty in the VARs, the penalty shootout prior to the two finals. So i one of them. If I miss, I'll give me the ball. I'll go again, sort of thing. I'm not. I don't sit back and think. Oh, I've missed. I don't take one as such. I'll just yeah, give me, give me the ball, and I'll I'll take another one.
0: How special moments were those for you? Because then you've got the ag- agonising wait. Then having scored the first penalty, of waiting for your kind of teammates. And and I think when I spoke to Darren Chadwick a few weeks ago, he was saying that that's probably more more nerve wracking. Is is perhaps waiting to see what the rest of the team does.
2: Yeah, it is. You're probably right there. Because so I went third, I think, in the VARs and like the other two lads scored and then I was the one that missed. So you wanted everyone else to score after you have took the first one. But to be fair, all the lads in the two finals, I didn't, I don't think we missed a penalty.
0: I think it was 63 games you played last season. If somebody had said to you last summer that that was the amount of games you, you were going to play, what would your reaction have been? I probably hadn't played enough. There's probably another
2: 20 odd games I'd say. I play Sundays now and again, which I shouldn't really, but Dust doesn't like me playing Sundays, but I play Sundays now and again. So I'd probably played another 20 games on top of that.
0: When you're playing that amount of games, does it take its toll on you? Because obviously, it's a huge amount anyway in terms of playing 90 minutes. But also in the role that you have within the team, you and Ethan in that midfield cover an awful lot of ground. So does it take its toll?
2: Yeah, it does eventually, I think. Like you say, we were playing Saturday, Tuesdays a lot, which which didn't help. And then Thursday, we had light session on, on a Thursday, which helped massively. But, but like you say, Thursday, Friday, we were feeling a little bit ready for go Saturday. And then you'd have some people that have a Sunday off and then Monday off and go again Tuesday. But I'm used to it. So for me, I was already,
0: I could, I prefer to play Saturday, Tuesday than train. It was a a long demanding season, not just I suppose physically but also mentally as well, particularly when they're having such a big game so how 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 did you kind of stay on top of all that from a physical side but also kind of a mentality side as well?
2: Well I suppose that the the physical side is you're playing Saturday Tuesday so realistically if you if you're playing every week, you should be match fit because you're playing all the time. so the physical side shouldn't be the issue. I suppose the mental side is if you want to run through the wall, you'll run through the wall. If you don't, you, you won't. So, so, like you say, I, I love live and breathe football. So, as soon as I step over the white line, I, I'm I'm
0: raring and go. And we obviously know you as a midfielder. But there were, was a spell at the start of last season when you played right back. How did you find that? Because you also played right back again the two games against Fylde as well. So you're up against players that were playing in the National League North. So, how did you kind of find that time as a right back? Was that kind of a new role and position for you, or have you already kind of played it pre- previously?
2: It was new in terms of I've never played there seriously, but I always think a centre midfielder should be able to play right back realistically because it's, you got time on the ball and whatnot. And a right-back could really play centre midfield. Now you look at Trent nowadays and everyone wants him play there. So I always think a centre midfielder can do right-back, right-back can play centre midfield. So there isn't much difference.
0: That's interesting because I just was, I was wondered how kind of easy or hard it would be to kind of adapt to a position like that. Because obviously with a full-back, because there's that element of the defensive side of things, but also kind of that kind of attacking down the wings as well. So did that come fairly natural to you?
2: Yeah, I, I I quite back myself going forward. I suppose the only thing playing right back is a one on one defending. If you come across a winger that's really, really fast or very skillful, that's when you're in trouble. But yeah, I think I did I coped well in, in the final game and I didn't realise when we played Nantwich there was a, a player there who played left wing, played to League Two the year before. So we won that game, so I think I think I did all right.
0: So would you fancy another go at right back if the opportunity kind of arose? I'd play anywhere as long as I was playing, and that's that's what it means to you so so much, doesn't it? In terms of playing, what is it about football that you kind of enjoy so much? I don't know. I think I just live and breathe football. Everything I do is football orientated.
2: My Messi doesn't see me Saturday, Sundays, most weekend because I'm out watching football, playing football, doing something with football. In like I'm watching football on the tally. Everything I do is football.
0: Where did your love for football kind of kind of start? Is that something that you've always had for, from a young age or did it kind of come later in life?
2: I used to go and watch my dad play football and then I was playing football on the side and then just played football ever since then. So since I was about five, I've just played and loved it, I suppose.
0: We hear a lot about the different midfield roles and positions, playing as a pivot and number six and number eight and number ten, kind of all the different numbers. What do you feel is your kind of best role, and kind of how would you describe yourself as a player?
2: Personally, I think my best position the the six, as such a a Declan rise as such, a kind of position. Listen, I like you said, I don't mind playing anywhere in the midfield. With mine and Ethan's legs, I suppose it helps us how we play. To so me, play forward, and me and Ethan run around like like lost puppies. I suppose at some time. so I should really c- contribute to more
0: goals, but. Yeah, I'd say six is my best position. What part of your game do you feel you've developed the most during your time at Congleton?
2: My positioning, I would say. Whereas before, you just you just sort of stand in a position where you think's right, but Duff's keen on helping me to where where I need be position wise when we haven't got the ball or when we're attacking where I should be standing. So I'd say my p- position really.
0: These are some of the phrases posted on social media to to describe you during your time at Congleton. We've had the Congleton Iniesta, Peter Javi Williams, a young Zidane and even one fan comparing you to the Duracell Bunny. What's been the favourite comparison you've heard and or the one that's perhaps made you laugh the most during your career?
2: (laughs) Probably the Duracell
0: Bunny. Because if you,
2: you looked at me when I started at Congleton, you would never have thought I'd have been a Duracell bunny without without how fat I was, really, when I when I, when I I joined Congleton compared to where I am now. So
0: I'd say the Duracell bunny. And if you don't mind me to kind of mention it, you've obviously mentioned there your weight loss, which I think has been noticeable for for fans in the short time that you've been here or the couple of years that you've been here at Congleton. just want to describe kind of your journey, if you want to describe it like that.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm a lorry driver now. So uh, I was, when I joined Condleton I used to, used to live in my truck all week. And then when you're living in your truck all week, you, you get into bad habits with the food and whatnot, you're not doing as much exercise. And then one day I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I swapped my jobs. Uh, I did a 12 week boot camp and then I haven't looked back since. I think I ended up losing nearly three stone. I think I lost.
0: That is absolutely kind of incredible going. And you mentioned there about the driving. Just how difficult was that when you were spending a long time in the road, sat on the cab, when also trying to kind of stay match fit and trying to get ready for games. Just how difficult was that?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was odd because some some days I'm up at two o'clock in the morning. Some days I'm up at five, and I'm not. I'm doing fifteen hour days, and we've got a match that night. I would come late to the matches and i have any food before the match and try run around for ninety minutes and then be up again at three o'clock in the morning. It was it was hard work to be honest, so I had to make a change somewhere. And my football takes priority over my work to be honest, so I swapped my jobs.
0: And what do you do now, Pete? If you if you don't mind me asking, I, I'm
2: I'm still a lorry driver, but I just I just do it days now. So I'm, I'm out of the house for half past five, five o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I'm at home for three o'clock, half past three most days
0: wow it's it's an incredible thing that you are doing that amount of driving that amount of shift work and then managed to, to run how on earth did, did did you manage to do it was it just a case of your love of football just got you through that time
2: yeah that and the the shouts of you 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 fat whatever you fat this you fat that i suppose it got to me a bit i didn't want i didn't want people saying that fat get over there's doing what, doing this, so I thought, you know what, well, I'll, I'll lose some weight.
0: And was that coming from fans of kind of opposition? Because obviously we hear shouts at players and they might just see it as kind of banter, but did it have an impact on you?
2: No, I I, I mean, I, I love the banter. I mean, some of the lads will still call me a fat pig now or whatever, but obviously I aren't no more, but uh, yeah, I like all that, but I just didn't want I wanted to hear myself to think, no, I am actually not fat anymore. I can I can laugh at it even more as such now.
0: And when you look at yourself, kind of now compared to then, which was only a couple of years ago, what do you think? I can't. I can't believe I was that big. Was what what I'd think now
2: is? I mean, I've got a picture on my phone from when when I started the boot camp to when I finished the boot camp. And like you say, without looking at the picture, you think, Jesus, was I actually that big?
0: And is it just kind of when, when the boot camp? What sort of things did you kind of? do to kind of get you to where where you are now
2: just going to the gym for four times a week and and eating good believe it or not if you go to the gym four times a week and eat healthy enough you, the weight flies off you I'll I'll never I'll
0: never go back to where I was now and of course one of the things I've got to kind of ask you about is the match photos because it doesn't seem that there's many match day albums that are published on social media without a photo of you sticking your Getting tongue out. Up, yeah. Getting stitched um, up, like. <laughs> How would you describe it? Is it your kind of concentration face or is yeah. it your, your not having the ball off me kind of face?
2: No, that's my concentration face, that is If I'm concentrating, my tongue's out
0: somewhere. And is it true that you get a £2 fine every single time that a photo is posted of you like that? Possibly, with Macca, yeah. They make the rules up as they go along, these masters, <laughs> Because I was going to say, because if that is true, you're probably going to be, by the end of the season, judging by the, so far, you're going to be into the thousands probably. Yeah, but it all goes to a good course. It all goes to a good course. So so Macca is the person in, in charge of the fines, is it?
2: He is, yeah. He's got his little uh, his minions with him. Billy's one of them. It sounds like,
0: for the various interviews I've done, there's kind of that close knit kind of camaraderie within the team, which I guess is a bit like what you probably experience in the military.
2: Yeah, to be fair, I think the team itself, the squad, like you say, most of them are very good mates. The Concton lads, especially, they've obviously known each other for years. And then the Stoke lads have known each other for years, and we're all a good close knit. Team, I don't think. I think Gus probably had offers to sign players, but thought they weren't right for the group, so he hasn't bothered. Because he knows the group, the players that come in have got to be right for the group. I think that's why we did so well last year as well, because the the group was so well together. It's fight for each
0: other and not just yourself. Um, and how much are you looking forward to kind of the rest of this season and hopefully kind of kicking on now? I guess you must be really looking forward to, to, to the next few weeks, getting your uh, match days in kind of every f- few days for the next few weeks at least anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got a big game on Saturday against Chiffnall. They haven't lost yet. They're, they're flying high at the minute. So we've got a big game Saturday. That'll dictate to where our season goes, I think. I think if we can compete with them, I think we'll be all right. So... And then we've got, like you say, a few few tough away games. I think we've only got this probably one more own game in the league this, this month and then we're away for the rest. So, it's we can get through these this month with probably not a loss, maybe a draw in there, maybe, uh, I think we'll do all right.
0: If you could play alongside any player in world football, who would you pick to play alongside?
2: Sergio Busquets, because he... That's the position I think I, I'd fancy myself in the most and I think he's the best in the world I've ever seen at that position.
0: Pete, thank you very much for your time and all the best for the rest of the season. No problem, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. Still to come, we will get the Schiffnall Town perspective ahead of Congleton Town's visit to the Foam Stadium. Congleton Town are not the only Midland Football League club to have their own podcast. Chiffnall Town started producing their own podcast earlier this year. And I'm delighted to say the host of the Chiffnall podcast, Rick Porteous, joins me now. So first of all, Rick, thank you for joining us on the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. No problem.
3: Thanks very much for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed listening to all your episodes so far.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Starting off with your kind of own involvement with, with the club, when and why did you first get involved in Shifnal Town?
3: I got just involved with Shifnal not long after Covid. I'd obviously been locked up like everyone else. Um, I've always had a, a keen interest in non-league football. I've been a big supporter of Kidderminster Harriers, um, who we are now in the National League. But about 10 years ago, I moved to Shifnal from Kidderminster. And I was just starting to find that the journey from Shifnal to Kidderminster on a weekend was taking me around an hour. Obviously, things are getting more and more expensive. And I've got two young children as well. The whole logistics of it were just becoming a bit unreasonable, really. So I decided to get involved with Chiffnall. Um, I saw an advert on social media looking for volunteers. Um, and it's all stemmed from there, really. And... I started off just doing things like, you know, helping
0: out on the car park, things like that. And
3: it's progressed all the way through to um, being a host on our podcast.
0: I mean, you're known on Twitter as the Midlands non-league football fanatic. What is it that you kind of enjoy the most about non-league football?
3: I think it's the relationships that you can build with people. Um, Obviously, at the top level of football, you know, you see pictures of fans getting their, you know, their selfies taken with players and things like that. But it's it's the personal nature that you get to know people, I think, at non league, you know, you you get to know the families of the players who come every week and support. You know, and obviously from a volunteer perspective, there's such a community within the volunteers at Shiftnell, as I'm sure there is at Congleton. You know, we're a, a group of a dozen or so friends who, you know, just want the very best for our hometown club. And, you know, we help out in any way that we possibly can to just help the club progress as far as possible.
0: And this Saturday, Congleton Town plays Shifnal Town. Uh, what can Congleton Town fans expect when they visit the Acoustafoam Stadium?
3: Well, the Acoustafoam Stadium is very much a work in progress. There's been tremendous progression at the club's facilities over the last few years. We've got a lovely main stand. Um, it's quite unique in that we've got, kid you not, know, about 50 or 60 picnic-style benches surrounding the pitch. We've had a new bar built recently, which is very nice that um, I'm sure the Congleton fans will enjoy. We've got things like pork baps on offer and hot dogs um, in terms of food. We've recently had draft lagers and ciders installed in there as well just to just enhance that matchday experience for fans. In front of the new players bar that we've had built, we're currently in the process of having a new terracing area being built. And we're just trying to make the Acoustofoam a bit friendlier to our supporters in the winter months because like you'll know obviously when the sun's shining like it is at the moment people are more than willing to stand there with a pint in hand and and watch their local team but when it gets to those november december months when you know you've got a midweek game and it's minus temperatures it's harder to get those people through the gate but we're hoping that by having this bar area which has got you know large windows and um, people can watch the game from inside as well as outside as well
0: And one more thing I did notice that the main clubhouse seems to be more in the town centre, which is around a mile away from the ground, the Reds Bar. What's kind of the idea behind them having both at the ground, but then also kind of more in the town centre? Is that just a case of just trying to keep the club in the community?
3: So the reason behind that is the club didn't always play from where they currently do now. They used to play at a place called Admiral's Park, which was closer to where the Reds Bar in Chiffnall Town Centre is. But the Reds bar kind of has always stayed where it is. I'm not quite sure the reasoning behind why we were moved away from Admirals Park. I think it was something to do with the leasing or something like that. But but yeah, like you say, it it, it does help it being in the town itself as well. You know, it, it gets people to go into Shifnal town um, as a town itself because the ground is um, a good five or ten minutes walk from the town centre itself. And like you were saying, it, it is you know helping. Build that community relationship with the uh, with the football club. Like, there's not just things now going on at the at the Reds Bar that are associated with the football teams. There are various events that are hosted there. I think the hope is we've had a new function room built there, and the hope is that you know local toddler groups and other events will be held there. You know, um, so it's not just all football socialising. There's various other community-based events going on there as well.
0: But from a fan perspective, I guess the fans who are visiting, you can assure them that they will, will be able to get their pints and their pork baps actually at the ground.
3: Absolutely, yeah. At the ground, there's plenty of uh, refreshments available, hot food, cold food, and also uh, alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks.
0: And one thing that perhaps fans might expect when they go to kind of away grounds is the fact that this stadium might be and is usually dressed in the the colours of the team. But one thing I did notice looking at the videos and photos of your stadium is that actually the ground is yellow and blue, but Schiffner play in red and white. Um, I'm sure the club probably get asked this kind of a lot from away fans and ground hoppers. But what is the reason for the blue and yellow kind of at the stadium rather than perhaps the, the red red and white that Sh- Shifnal usually play in as their colours?
3: Yeah, so Shifnal um, Town's been in existence now. For, I think last year was the celebration of 150 years. And traditionally, the home kit has always been red and white. And when our current chairman, Mike Tranter, uh, um, became chairman of Shifnal Town, The original seating at the stadium was red and white, but unfortunately, when he took over the ground, it wasn't in a particularly good state. The main stand was basically falling apart, I think. A lot of the chairs were broken or faded by the sunlight um, that's constantly shining on it. And he made the decision to completely transform the stadium using the colours of his company, blue and yellow, of Acoustaphone. And that's the main reasoning behind it, really. It's to do with the branding of his company, Acoustafo. And I think everybody in the towns in general is fully supportive of it. You know, Mick has invested his money from his company into the football club. And, you know, it makes perfect sense for, for him to do that with the naming of the stadium as well. Obviously, there was a little bit of resentment from a few fans initially because people like, you know, to be traditional and to stick with tradition. But, you know, I think the majority accepted, the, you know, Mick's decision to um, invest in those colours.
0: Obviously, Congleton are new to the Midland Football League Premier Division this season. What do you kind of know about Congleton? Because when Congleton moved into the league over the summer, what was it talked about within the club? And has this been kind of a fixture that you've been looking forward to? Oh, definitely.
3: I mean, obviously, there was a lot of uncertainty about the teams like yourself and Northwich Victoria, you know, big name clubs who have a, you know, a good reputation in non-league football. And a lot of clubs like ourselves who were looking for promotion a lot of fear to be honest you know these big names coming down you know you know what are their budgets like what are their attendances like you know what are their aspirations so yeah it was definitely talks about them because in recent years it's been a very similar set of clubs either getting promoted or relegated and to be honest it was very fresh to have you know new clubs coming down and obviously via your podcast you know we've been able to find out a lot more about Congleton and the main thing that we've been impressed with uh you know, not just your home attendances, but am I right in saying that at your first game at Lichfield, you took around 150 away supporters to the game?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Big support wherever the Bears go.
3: And in in the time that I've supported Shifnal, the only team really that have had that kind of support um, were Worcester City, who played in the Midland League last year. But unfortunately, with the restructuring of the leagues, um, they've gone into the Hellenic League, which is a big loss, really, because... I think in terms of club size, they will have been Congleton's biggest rivals really in terms of club size and attendances because nobody else in the league really matches attendances of 400 on a consistent basis. And in terms of away fans, not many clubs are taking any more than 30 consistently to games, you know, and numbers of 150 travelling fans are just unheard of, you know, unless it's a big FA Cup fixture or, you know, a, a final stage of the FA VARs. Um, so it's it's really exciting to have Congleton, and we're certainly gearing up. Hopefully, towards a, a big attendance on Saturday with a good following from yourselves.
0: Fantastic, and and just in terms of an, an overview of 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 Shift North town because you actually promoted to the premier division a couple of seasons ago it was based when it was on the points per game from the two seasons prior because of covid and um, kind of curtailing those seasons I think it was eighth last season and then you changed manager early in the summer and got Connor Patterson in um how, how did you reflect on the season so far because we are, we are recording this on a Monday evening. There are games on Tuesday, so obviously some of this could could, could change. But so far, Schiffnall are one of only three teams in the Premier Division to re- remain unbeaten this season. So how do you reflect on the season so far? Um, because it's also included some great occasions as well in the FA Cup.
3: Yeah, I mean, last season we made a really positive start. And I think up until about December time, we were second in the league. So As pleased as we are, we don't want to get too excited because we know that after last season, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint and lots of things can happen between now and the end of the season, such as, you know, injuries or even manager departures, which can happen quite often within this league. You know, managers getting snapped up by higher division clubs, but no, we're absolutely thrilled and Connor's a local lad. He's only young, he's 28 years old, but he's got an awful lot of contacts in Telford in terms of... This level of football, and he's done a terrific job with the players who he signed. His recruitment's been very good. The brand of football that they're playing is really exciting. You know, they like to keep the ball on the floor, they work hard off the ball, and you know, I think gradually attendances have been growing and growing. We gave a really good account of ourselves in the FA Cup at Nantwich. I think, really, if we'd have taken our opportunities at Nantwich and come away with a win, it wouldn't have been unjustified, but. When we played the return fixture at that which, to be fair to them, they really upped their game. And to be fair to them, they probably were the better side on the night and they edged it 2-1 um, in the final minutes. But we certainly proved what an ambitious club we are and, you know, that we are looking for promotion. And, um, you know, with this team that we've got, we're already proving that we could potentially compete with teams in the division above.
0: And Congleton kind of ourselves had that kind of FA Cup run and the FA Vars run. And we kind of know firsthand what that can do for the club, for the town, that that buzz that it kind of generates a good good showing in the FA Cup. Would you say that the club's kind of still on like a high now?
3: I mean, initially after the Namwich game, that was a bit of disappointment because obviously we discovered that the winners of the tie would be playing Banbury at home. Uh, which would have been a fantastic tie for us. You know, uh, I'd like to think we'd have been approaching a 1,000 fans for that. You know, we had a good attendance against that, which at home. I think, you know, we, we had just under 500 fans there. And I think it would have only grown if we'd have won the tie. So there was a little bit of d- disappointment in terms of the end of the FA Cup run. But we've got a good home draw in the FA Vars, which is obviously a big carrot for teams at this level. And, you know, we'll be aiming to go as far as possible in the competition in that. But our league form so far has been excellent you know we've had some a, a great win on Saturday against Lichfield, um winning 3-1 who were you know one of the most entertaining sides to watch in the league you know every team who plays Litchfield or or being for a game this season that's for sure they play a, a really good brand of football and they work really hard for each other beating Dudley Town at home was good, never going to be easy newly promoted side you know obviously full of enthusiasm um, but we had a good home win against them, winning 5-1. And then on the road, we had a good win at AFC wolf who are always strong starters in the division, uh, winning 1-0 there and keeping a clean sheet. But like I said, it's such a long season. And um, I heard you guys suffered last season. When you're successful in numerous competitions, your league games are getting cancelled. Obviously, the weather comes into play as well. So you're getting an even further backlog of games. So as nice as it is to do well in these competitions... It, you still, you've still, you still got to maintain that competitive edge in the league as well and keep gaining those results. And I think that's going to be the biggest difficult factor, really, for the management team this season. It's getting the balance of doing as well as possible in these competitions whilst maintaining a, a strong league form as well.
0: As somebody who's been following the Midland Football League for a few years now, and Midland football kind of in general, obviously it's still kind of very, very early days in the season. But which teams have surprised you kind of the most in the way that they have started?
3: I don't think really anybody surprised me. I think you know that every game you play in, you're in for a difficult game and you've, you've got to be on it. You know, if you're not playing to your best, you're not going to get the result you want. I mean, a great example of that, you know, Darlaston Town, you know, they were promoted into the division last season. And with about five or six games to go, you know, there was every possibility that they could have got that second playoff spot. You know, they they really shot people last season with with their form and, you know their manager Dean Gill. You know he, he's very knowledgeable in the local football scene, and you know his recruitment's always very good. And it looks again like they've recruited well over the summer. You know they took Sporting Calsa to extra time and penalties last week in midweek, and they're certainly going to be up there. But I, I wouldn't say there's any team that's really surprised me so far this season. You know every game's a tough game, whether you're playing bottom of the league or all the teams at the top. You know no no team's going to be. Coming away winning five nil against any team easily. You've got to really work for it, and that and that's the challenge of this division. You know, no matter how big of a club you are or what your expectations are, if if you're not on it, that other team will capitalise. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think interesting that you mentioned Darleston, because it took a hundredth minute equaliser for Congleton to get get a point when they visited there a few weeks ago. I know this is a question that everybody hates to answer, particularly pundits. If you had to kind of pick now a few teams who you think will, will be challenging towards the top of the table by the end of the season, which teams would you pick?
3: Well, I think and are definitely going to be pushing for, for promotion. I know that the club probably hasn't had quite the start that they would have liked, but it's no secret that Congreson are a big club and, you know, the, the fan base and the quality of play that you've got at the club. I think um, your home record's obviously going to be A very important factor in that you know teams are going to have to travel long distances to congleton and like i said darleston you know they've recruited very well they've got some good talented young players who work very hard for each other romulus and highgate have both had good strong starts to the season um so i think they're the 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 main teams that have, have really stood out so far but you've also got teams like studley and many others you know who'll be fancying their chances and like I said, um, not, non-league football at times, as good as it is, it can be very fickle as well. You know, you can get big groups of players depart in a club at one time if one player goes or a manager goes. So there's there's an awful long way to go yet this season. I mean, Wychardt-Jawport were one of the best sides on their day last season. You know, they, they didn't necessarily finish where they would have liked to in the league, but there weren't many teams who had you know easy games against Whitchurch, that's for sure. But I saw over the weekend that their manager, Luke Goddard, um, stepped down as manager, um, which was a real shame because he's done a fantastic job at the club. And I think it's more that he's got such an involvement in Whitchurch in terms of being their groundsman and having so many other roles. I think he just feels that it's time for him now to step aside and focus on those roles so that somebody can purely focus on the management and... You know, I do feel for clubs when they're in that situation because when you've got one man trying to be a, a jack of all trades, it is so difficult to keep that balance consistently going. And I really hope that Whitchurch, you know, find a, a good replacement for, for Luke because they're, they're a fantastic club and a real good away day as well. They're a really good setup there at Whitchurch.
0: You mentioned there about a good setup at Whitchurch and a good kind of away day. We asked this question a few weeks ago to the league secretary, Nigel Wood. What are your kind of some of your favourite grounds to visit in this league? What are the kind of the the grounds that Congleton fans need to make sure that they visit this season?
3: Well, I think um, I am a little bit biased as it's where I grew up, but Bewdley Town is a beautiful ground to go to. It's so unique. You've got the River Severn running alongside the one side of the pitch, and the main stand is kind of. Uh, built into a bank of a uh, forest of trees and it's almost like these grounds that you see in Austria or Denmark it's a real incredible site really beautiful town so I'd highly recommend that one but to be honest in our league there, there are so many other good away days like you know your witch churches and places like that but one place which would be amazing to go to um, if you get the opportunity is oh, they're not in our league but we went to Nantwich Town in the FA Cup um, a couple of weeks ago and in terms of a match day experience, it was more like a football league club. I mean, when we got there, there was pre-match entertainment. There was um, pie and chips and mushy peas for sale in the bar area. At halftime, all of the committee members, um, we were treated like royalty, to be honest. I mean, we were offered a complimentary halftime drink of our choice. The committee members were so welcoming and, you know, talkative. It was a cracking place to go. So if, if um, you do ever come across um, Nampwich um, in any fixtures I'd highly recommend going there that's for sure
0: Yeah well, we actually have fond memories of going to Nampwich last season that was, part of ah, our, that was part of the FA Cup run that Congleton went on on last season so we certainly have fond memories as well Thanks for your time Rick I know a lot of Congleton Town fans are looking forward to heading d- down to Schiffnall this Saturday let's hope for a, for a great atmosphere and a great game of football
3: Thanks very much Adam and uh, safe travels to all the Congleton fans coming down on Saturday we look forward to seeing you
0: That's it for this week's podcast, with Congleton Town away at Chiffnall Town on Saturday. The Bears are then back at the Cleric Stadium on Tuesday, when they host Northwich Victoria in the League Cup. The reserves continue their run of home games with matches at the Cleric Stadium on Saturday and next Wednesday. The ladies' first teams start their league season away at Chester, and the ladies' reserves will be looking to make it two wins from two when they travel to Halsby. Thanks for all the support and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast.